Welcome to the Voice of Conservative Values with Daniel Bobinski of True Idaho News and Uncover DC. Brought to you by conservativesof.com. And now, here's Daniel. Hello and welcome to the Voice of Conservative Values. My name is Daniel Bobinski. I'm the editor of TrueIdahoNews.com. I contribute fairly regularly to UncoverDC.com. And now I'm also the host of a new Voice of Conservative Values TV show that's airing live on Brighteon.tv every Thursday afternoons at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. So if you like what you're hearing on this show each week, you can also tune in on the internet at uh, brighteon.tv and get more Voice of Conservative Values live with all sorts of cool guests. And speaking of cool guests, uh, in the studio here with me today is my beautiful bride. I mean, we've had her in the studio before, and I know it seems kind of weird, but my wife is one of the most awesome teachers that you'd ever want to meet, especially when it comes to teaching worldview, teaching apologetics, and also teaching the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. So, Geraldine, welcome back to the studio. Thanks for having me. So, you know, um, people who are regular listeners to our show uh, know that I often quote John Adams, who was writing uh, to the Massachusetts militia while he was a sitting president, And he wrote that our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And you and I have been talking about this and how it's so necessary for that framework to have that Judeo-Christian perspective. Could you speak to that issue a little bit? Well, um, yes, that, that really is the foundation of what the founders did here in this country, was that they uh, studied all of the governments that had been tried before. They studied the scriptures um, uh, completely. Like they were much more well-versed in the scriptures than probably most of the pastors today. Um, they they quoted it heavily throughout their writings and uh, discussions, and they continually appealed to the God of heaven uh, when they were created in the country that we have, to, that, that we, well, I won't say have today, but the country that we they made for us. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it has kind of gone away. I mean, the United States has shifted a lot over the past 200 years uh, from a place where, you know, religious freedom and service to God and country were central to the culture. And like you said, now what do we see? It's gonna, and I mean, now anything that gives people power uh, seems to be what people go after, not so much that Judeo-Christian uh, foundation. So in yes. order to restore the values uh, to the Judeo-Christian perspective, we really need to turn back to God and kind of follow that Second uh, Chronicle 714 model. Yes, absolutely. Um, and part of that, by the way, is I think understanding what Adams meant and that whole Judeo-Christian perspective. And I just want to let our listeners know that we're on here on September 11th, and uh, we want to honor the 20-year anniversary of what happened in New York uh, on that fateful day. But I remember seeing all the flags that just permeated this country and this big return churches were just filled as people returned to the Lord right after those events. And here we are 20 years later, and what a shift. Mm-hmm. What a shift. Yeah, it's really sad. I, I remember being just just really taken with the amount of patriotism that I saw uh, after 9-11. And uh, yeah, and to, to see today how 
little of that exists still. Uh, you know, and we we swore never again, and we swore to rem- always remember, and all of that kind of thing right after that. And and it's it's sad how quickly we can forget. Yeah. Well, I also want to let our listeners know that to help this effort to refocus, that you are going to be teaching a Constitution class starting Monday night on the 13th of September. And Foothills Church uh, over on State Street in uh, Boise Garden City area between uh, Boise and Eagle is going to be hosting this. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about that? About the Constitution class? Sure. Yeah. Um, So uh, the Constitution class that I'm teaching is a six-week course, and it's uh, just two hours each week. And um, I'll be starting with the foundations of the Constitution itself, which really focuses heavily on the biblical worldview and on the Declaration of Independence and on the historical context of the grievances that were written into the the Declaration to kind of give a foundation of why the Constitution was even written and, and what what all of the different clauses in there are based on. And I've seen you teach this class before, and it it is amazing to me how you just tease it apart and you look at the declaration, we have this big, long list of grievances. And when you when you read it, uh, just as a document, it seems like, okay, they're just griping. you know. But there was a whole series of events that occurred there that impacted their lives uh, over a series of decades. So these weren't just saying, hey, let's gripe about these things. These are some very serious issues that impact how one should have a society. And what I saw you do the last time you do you taught this, that I saw you do, teach this to a bunch of adults, because you've been teaching this to kids for years and high schoolers. Uh, but when I saw you teach this to adults, you, you did a great job of teasing it apart, helping us relate to all the different acts and all the different events that kind of set the stage for the Constitution. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so the Declaration uh, of Independence was was the grievances. They had been appealing to the king for years, like you said, you know, uh, decades even, um, to treat them fairly, to treat them under what had been law, what had been established law in Britain for, you know, hundreds of years. And so they just wanted to be treated the way that citizens of their country should be treated. And since the king was unresponsive and even um, more brutal sometimes after they would appeal to him, uh, they finally had had enough, and that's really what the Declaration of Independence was. It wasn't um, it wasn't a momentary decision. This was a, the culmination of of years and years and years of abuse, and so uh, the Declaration is is the heart of the Constitution. That the Declaration is the is is the essence of why the Constitution is there. The Constitution is simply the nuts and bolts of how we're going to work this out. And so the Constitution reflects these grievances uh, quite often throughout it. It reflects all of the the ways that they had been wronged by Britain and the ways that they were going to try to prevent that in this country. So when we're looking at the Constitution, we're looking at the the bars (laughs) that surround the government to prevent them from from usurping the authority of the people, which is what had happened under Britain. So I really feel like that first class we need to 
delve into the Declaration of Independence so that people really understand why and the heart and the history uh, behind everything that's written in the Constitution itself. Mm-hmm. And and it is, it is so much like you say that you have to have that. I don't suppose you have to, but it greatly, greatly enhances your understanding right. of the Constitution if you understand the nuts and bolts of the Declaration and why it was written the way it was written. Sure. You can read the Constitution and comprehend what they're saying, but until you understand the why and the heart behind it, then it just like anything else, out of context can be used against the principles for which it was supposed to be standing. So that's, that's I think, what has happened really in this country over the years, over the centuries in between then and now, is that we have lost sight of the heart of the Constitution. And so it's simply become a, a list of, you know, do this, don't do that. And without the heart, then you know, the legalistic application of any kind of system of laws will be abused. And that's really what we have. It's an abuse of that law. And that goes back to what uh, I think James Madison said, at least it's attributed to him. I think it's also attributed to James Monroe, but um, he says, before any man can be considered a member of civil society, he must be considered a subject of the governor of the universe. Right. Yeah. So you have to understand you're, you're submitting to God first. Sure. Well, going to the biblical reference, it's you're either going to be a slave to uh, to Satan, to sin, or you're going to be a slave to God. You, if the beauty of being a slave to God, though, is is that it's a it's more of a um, indentured servant. You're doing it by choice, and mm-hmm. so you're you're not really enslaved. You enslave yourself. Uh, whereas sin enslaves you, and you you become uh, its its plaything, as it were. So, um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a choice that we make to serve God, and if we choose that, then we get to be a citizen rather than a a servant. And it, it, it's kind of uh, counterintuitive, but as you enslave yourself to God, that's when you truly become free. Yes. Exactly. That's what's so cool. Um, so one of the things that you uh, talk about in this uh, first class, this this because your 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 class is uh, six weeks long, correct? On Monday nights, uh, and if you're just tuning in, by the way, we are talking with Geraldine Bobinski, uh, who is teaching a Constitution class on Monday nights at uh, Foothills Church on State Street. And that starts at 6.30 p.m. And one of the things that you talk about in that first class, that that first class covers the Declaration, is inalienable rights. And, you know, that phrase, uh, people hear that word, what's an inalienable right? Mm. And a lot of adults uh, don't understand it. Could you please elaborate on the definition and the meaning of that? Absolutely. So... Um, alien just means foreign. It means uh, not, not like, uh, apart from, right? So when we talk about people being aliens from another country or aliens from outer space, that's really what we're talking about, just being foreign, being outside of our normal experience. And so inalienable means that they cannot be made foreign. They cannot be taken from you. Um, they are part of you. They are who you are. And so an inalienable right simply is what makes you human, and so um, I talk about this uh, usually in my first class and, and a lot just when I'm talking with people is uh, if you read the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass, he talks about being treated 
as a slave by this woman um, who who uh, inherits him. And um, at first, she's never known slavery, and so she's he talks about her as if she's this angel of light, just this wonderful, um, godly, wonderful woman, and who teaches him to read. And uh, in the process of of owning him for a time, she uh, is corrupted by it to the point where he then describes her basically as the worst of the of the creatures of hell. That she she turns like that because uh, of the very act of enslaving another. And so the the way that I look at slavery is it is uh, someone trying to alienate you from what makes you human. And so when you treat someone else like that, you become a monster and you treat them like a creature, they become like an animal. And so the, the, the act of tyranny is what produces all of this kind of evil that we see around us today is that we have been treated like animals. We've had what makes us human tried to be separated from us. And the people who do the separation um, become monsters and so we have these these people um, that that are you know reigning over us that are anything uh, but human in the way that they treat other people, and then we ourselves become more animal like and less human, and so we become the subservient creatures like cattle or sheep um, that uh, that just get herded around and, and locked up. And so uh, inalienable rights are those things that make us human. So they can't be separated from us, but we can allow them to, we can allow others to treat us in a way that makes us inhuman. And so that's, uh, that's really what that means. And so when we behave like human beings, we speak, right? Human beings are the only creatures that speak. We have language. And so the freedom of speech that you find in the in the First Amendment to the Constitution, that's what it's saying. It's saying you are a human being. You have the ability and therefore the right to speak freely. No one can take that from you. The, the only thing that can happen is they can uh, force and coerce until you give it up. And so that's how all of the rights work. And it's a t- I think it happens over time. And these people that we elect, um, they're supposed to be representatives, we're, they're, they're, we don't elect leaders. That's correct. We elect people to represent us, and that's where we get the word representatives, to represent uh, our views, because you just can't get 1.8 million people down into the state house. So we elect, we elect people to represent views for the different regions and districts in the state. Uh, but after a time, um, and I've, met, I've talked with many legislators who say this is what happens. They get down there, their first term in office, they're representing the people, they're doing what they are supposed to do. And then over time, they start losing that and they start getting wooed by the lobbyists. They get wooed by the power and the treatment, and all the applause and all the accolades. And then they start making decisions that will give them more power and more accolades, and they stop representing the people. So it's an overtime process in which they stop become representative and they start be- thinking that they are the leaders. Mm-hmm. And they start thinking that they're morally superior to us in making decisions for us. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about with that analogy. That's a well-known phenomenon, right? Like Lord Acton quote that everybody <laughs> throws around is that power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. The, the entire point of, of the Constitution and the way that the uh, uh, layers of government were set up was that uh, the power was separated from the people who had the authority. 
because you don't want all of the power in one set of hands. And so the authority stayed with the people, the power went to the government, and then the power was further divided into three different houses, and those became uh, separate as well. Those also representing sort of um, the, the relational aspect with the legislators, and you have the the executive power is is like the the authority uh, of of um, execution, um, they, and they, then they execute the laws that the legislator right. creates. Yeah, legislator, exactly. Legislature yeah. creates. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So the physical manifestation of them, and then you have the judicial branch, obviously uh, declaring what's righteous and what's not, um, and so those three separate powers further divided um, to prevent people from accumulating too much power because, like Lord Acton said, it tends to corrupt. And so the longer you're around it and the more you accumulate, obviously, the more and more corrupt you become. And so that's exactly what I meant when I said, yeah, people become monsters as they as they walk in more and more and more power. And we've been ceding our quote-unquote rights by, I'll, I'll use the term, unintentional ignorance uh, by we thinking that these people are our leaders and then we're supposed to follow what they tell us. Right. We are their leaders. We yeah. are the ones with authority. Technically, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we haven't been acting like it. And so just like I said, you know, if you allow someone to treat you like a slave, like an animal, then you'll become more and more animal-like. And so we've become more and more ignorant, both by our own seating of that authority that we're supposed to have and by the fact that we've um, ha- we have people now um, keeping us ignorant. So the government has no interest in educating us. Um, so we gave them the education process and allowed them to do that. And they have no interest in actually educating us because an ignorant populace is much more easily controlled. And so it's, it's been this kind of down the drain circular uh, pattern that's been going on in our country for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Which is why also why you're teaching this class. Exactly. I want to undo the uneducation that a lot of people went through in their uh, supposed education. And I just want to say to the listeners that, you know, if you're coming to this class, know that uh, you don't know what you don't know. Right, yeah. And we had, I, last time I saw you teach this class, we had like 60 people attending, adults. Mm-hmm. And they're saying after each class, like, oh, wow, I never knew that. I never knew that. Yeah. And it's, it's there's no shame on them. No, I, after my class, I've talked to people who are, are actually practicing attorneys. I've talked to medical professionals, doctors, nurses, et cetera. I've talked to uh, teachers and uh, professionals and, you know, and then lay people just, you know, <laughs> moms and dads and, you know, various different, it doesn't matter wh- what what kind of credentials or education or whatever that you had. If you've been miseducated by a system that wants to keep you enslaved, then obviously they aren't going to tell you these kinds of things. And so to understand them, you just have to look further, deeper, um, go around the back way <laughs> and and really understand things. And so that's what I'm trying to help people do is is, um, is become more acquainted with these ideas so that when they read these documents and go and search on their own, they'll already have that backbone of, of what this is all about. So they can have that context when they're reading it and applying it correctly rather than the way that they'd been taught. And the Constitution, when you when you understand it, uh, its framework in relationship to the Declaration, mm-hmm. and as you said, the separation of powers, it really opens your eyes to why the founders did what they did 
And like they they sat down and, and studied, uh, and and you you read about how their conventions went. They they had looked at all the different forms of government. They said, "Hey guys, we've got a blank slate here. We can do whatever we want with this government. How should, how do we want to set this up?" That had never happened in the history of the world before. Right. So they analyzed all the different forms of government, and they, as you said, looked at that concept of power, and they knew that man, the heart of man, was evil. These guys were mostly Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifty-two of the uh, the fifty-six signers were solid born-again Christians, mm-hmm. so they understood that Christian worldview. And as you are fond of saying, uh, the Judeo-Christian worldview permeated society. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Back I, to that John I Adams think it's quote. it's really important that people understand you don't have to be a Christian. Um, you know, I'd, I'd hope that you were just because I think that it's uh, uh, good for you as well as good for the world. But but you don't have to be to still understand that that was the heart and foundation of this country and and to respect that and to and to grant um, grant room for other people to walk that out. Uh, that's really what the freedom of religion aspect of that First Amendment is all about, is that we let people exercise their religion. We let people believe and act upon their beliefs because we want to honor that heart um, that's behind this this entire government foundation building. Yeah, that that separation of powers that you that you'd mentioned that is so important, and I think people are missing that, and we're losing that in our country today. We have an executive branch that is trying to grab more and more control away from the legislative branch which is what represents the people. And so we see a a very slow erosion, uh, blurring of the lines between the the three branches of government and also uh, between the federal government and the state governments. And that's dangerous. I would say that it's not that we are losing it. I mean, we continue to lose more and more of it, but we've lost it. I mean, that that separation has uh, almost completely deteriorated. So we have a a judicial branch that makes laws. uh, Just look at Roe v. Wade is a, a great example of that. Uh, that decision was anything but a decision. It had nothing to do with the actual judicial merit of the case at all. It was simply legislation. It reads just like a bill. And, you know, so you've got that. You've got the executive branch with all of its various different departments and whatnot making rules. And those those departments and those those bureaus and whatnot they not only make laws, but then they go and enforce those laws, and then they go and execute or they uh, judge those laws. And so, so say you uh, violated an EPA rule, they would come and they would cite you, and then they would try you, and they would convict you, and and then you know fine you or whatever it might be. That's all done with one department under the executive branch. That is no separation of powers. No, not at all. Not at all. So we've been talking with uh, my beautiful bride, by the way, Geraldine Bobinski, who's a fantastic teacher. And you want to come to this class, if you can, on Monday nights at Foothills Church in uh, Boise. It's at 9655 West State Street, uh, Monday evenings from 630 to 830, starting Monday night, this coming Monday night, September 13th. Uh, so there's that. Geraldine, in the class, you break this, you, you go through the entire declaration, you go through every article of the Constitution. We have, you devote one night to each of the articles. Could you kind of give us an overview? Yeah, so the f- foundation, like I said, is the first night. The second night will be Article 1. And then the third night I do uh, Article 2, 
the fourth night I do Article 3, and then the fifth night I do the rest of the Articles and the Bill of Rights, and then the final night I do the uh, rest of the amendments. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with what does Article 1 cover? Article 1 is the legislative branch. Which is the most important. It's Absolutely. The people. It's, it's uh, much longer and much uh, more full than any of the other articles, so obviously where the uh, the predominance in the government should rest. Yeah. And then Article 2? Article 2 is the executive branch. And Article 3? The judicial branch. Yeah. So we're going to get a breakdown of, here's a declaration on, on your first class and why it was done and all the factors. And then you're going to go into the articles. What's amazing, and as I've watched you teach this class, is you will always refer back to the declaration. Mm -hmm. The reason this is in Article 2, so to speak, mm -hmm. is because of this grievance in the declaration. And so you really teach people why these things are in the Constitution. Right. Like I said, context is everything. If we don't understand why they're there, then we can easily undervalue them or apply them wrongly. So I want people to really understand what it's about. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, I just want to thank you for joining me today in studio. This is my wife, my beautiful wife, Geraldine. Uh, we have a class coming up Monday night, starting Monday night for six weeks at Foothills Church. There is no charge for this, by the way. It is free to attend, and I encourage you to uh, grab a friend and come. Uh, the people that uh, came the last time I saw her teach this class were bringing their friends afterwards, and the audience crew is awesome. Uh, you have been listening to The Voice of Conservative Values. And I should say, if you want to read more news about what's happening in Idaho, you can uh, go to trueidahonews.com, because the people who write for that, uh, which is what I own, uh, they all hold a Judeo-Christian worldview. And of course, you can scroll down to the bottom of the page there and subscribe. It's absolutely free. I also want to thank the sponsor of our show, uh, Conservatives Of. That's conservativesof.com. So if you like the information you're getting on this show, you can go to conservativesof.com, make a donation, uh, and just earmark it for the radio show. Oh, and by the way, all donations are used to cover the cost of airtime. Uh, I come into the studio once a week and I do this for free because I feel like it's my God-given my God -given calling to, to educate and open up uh, eyes and ears. And of course, if you like this show, you might also enjoy watching uh, The Voice of Conservative Values TV show, which starts um, at Thursdays at 2 p.m. That's live on brighteon.tv. So not only can you hear Voice of Conservative Values here every Saturday morning, you can also uh, watch it live on brighteon.tv on Thursday afternoons. All right, this is Daniel Bobinski. Geraldine, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks and for having me. I thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next week at the same time. Until then, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to The Voice of Conservative Values. If you'd like to support this broadcast and Conservatives Of in the Treasure Valley, you can do so at conservativesof.com. Freedom can only be maintained by a prayerful, informed, vigilant, and engaged citizenry.